Hello and welcome to another edition of Back of the Good, a short intro edition. With all new, all new short intro. Hope you like it. Um, I'm joined as always by Chris. I'm glad it wasn't me doing the intro because I absolutely would have just left silence after that short music. I know, it's a bit of a shock, isn't it? And by Tom. Hello, 15 extra seconds of content per episode now. Just yep. saying. So hopefully people don't disappear within 10 seconds. Um... <laughs> Please don't forget to leave us a like and subscribe if you're new, if you're watching on YouTube. And if you really like us, don't forget to visit our Patreon page and maybe um, bung us a like on there and maybe even a little bit more. Um, this episode, we are going to talk about, so we're going to make some mid-season predictions and we're talking about 2024 20 contracts. And we're going to go through the inbox from all of you guys out there. We've got loads and loads and loads to get through. So... Um, we're going to go straight in. Shall we jump straight in with some mid-season predictions? We're making three each, according to this. Yeah. We'll do the same as we did pre-season and do kind of one thing we're pretty sure is going to happen, one thing we think is like maybe likely, and then something unlikely that we'd maybe like to see but isn't necessarily going to happen. Okay. I hmm. haven't really thought at all about this, so this Neither is going to be totally on the fly here. Like, <laughs> I'll and, give you and- some thoughts, so I can go first if you want. Yeah, I go was on just... then. You, 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 you. Uh, why don't you hit us with your something that you do think will happen to begin with? Something I think is likely is Red Bull won't get the clean sweep of every win this season. Oof. I think either Mercedes or McLaren are going to steal one win off them. I feel like that's two predictions in one there, Chris. But um, no, it's it. it's a it's it's a. a Prediction with an extra qualifier. I feel like just saying <laughs> Red Bull will lose a race is way too easy. So, yeah, well, I if mean, anyone's going to do it, it'll be Mercedes or McLaren, I think. That's the vibe I was going to go down, but um, never mind. Um, <laughs> thing that is likely to happen. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to go the other way. I think Red Bull are going to, Red Bull, not necessarily Max Verstappen. I mean, that's it's impossible for Max Verstappen to win every race anyway, but it is possible, obviously, for him to win all of the remaining all races. All the remaining, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to say Red Bull are going to win all of the remaining races. I'm going to just go straight in there and have it. I'm here for it. <laughs> it would be something to see. Okay. I'm just <laughs> going to go completely different altogether. Um, we will get a podium that doesn't have a Red Bull on it. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Before the I end like of the one. season. Yeah. I'm that's... also here for that. Which implies they're going to lose a race because they drive into each other, is what I'm reading between the lines there. Potentially, it could be. It's either that or somewhere like Mexico hurts their engines and they have... Because I feel like it's going to be... The only way Verstappen's losing a race is if he has a mechanical failure or someone crashes into him, right? Like, Yeah, or if he yeah. makes a mistake. Which seems unlikely. And that, that car seems quite easy to drive, so the chances of him making a mistake are pretty low. Verstappen making a mistake this season just isn't going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, and that combined with his form, yeah, yeah. Easy yeah. to drive car in the form of his life. He's not going to make a mistake, nah. is he? Um, he's not, that thing is on rails. Um, yeah, Red Bull, like, I, I feel like Mexico, Red Bull are more likely to, I think. It's one of those races they'll run away with because it's got such yeah, a long straight. They're going to be they're yeah. going to get the old uh, single. Um, <clears throat> For, what is it? The old single. Uh, oh, what's the name of the little the little mini the wing? wing. The big wing. The beam wing. The single beam wing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll be on, using that and just smashing everyone. I mean, for context, my thoughts come from a circuit like Singapore. 
where there's more chance for mistakes to be like terminal for a race or something like that and where if something does happen where like Perez is towards the back or Max has an accident in qualifying or something like that happens it's harder for them to get through the field so that that's my kind of backup like nicheness of it is that's where it'll happen as well but I'm not going to go that far as an official prediction fair not an official prediction just a, <laughs> yeah. just a tentative prediction yeah okay let's let's uh let's go down a level then to something we think <laughs> might happen <laughs> shall I go first again yeah you should go, go first it. Chris you yeah, I feel like you thought the most about this we need to lead um, we need to take your example and you can lead <laughs> I'm gonna say that Ricardo and Sonoda are going to... So this is a little vague. We might need to hone on exactly what this means. But I think Ricardo and Sonoda are going to be pretty evenly matched for the rest of the season. And that ultimately they will both stay in the same team for the following year. Mm, I find that a bit... That's not a very exciting prediction, Chris, I'm afraid. You're going to have to... You're going to have to elaborate somewhat... What shall I say? I think it's hard to say they'll stay with a certain number of points for each other because the whole team's only scored like three points all season. Um, but I don't think either of them will be far and away faster than the other one. I think they're going to sort of flip-flop in which of the two of them finishes ahead in races. Okay. And I definitely don't think either of them are getting the Red Bull promotion. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a safer prediction. Yeah, that's a that that should have been like your first prediction, that's your most likely prediction. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're saying that essentially Ricardo and Sonoda remain Alpha Tower drivers next year. That's yeah. the pairing. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with, you know I'm gonna go for another driver eviction. <laughs> Ooh, this might sound crazy and it's probably ridiculous, but. I wonder if Aston Martin will see sense and ditch Lance Stroll because mm. he's costing them some mega, mega points, isn't he? I mean, when you look at it in comparison, we talked about it last week, didn't we? That's that was the that was the one where I think I was highlighting like that's the biggest gap realistically between yeah. point scoring teammates. Like he's gonna cost them third in the constructors. Like at the last Ferrari, he's already, already cost them behind. second. Yeah, it's already cost them second, and it could well cost them third. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's got to happen one day, right? Yeah, it's Mm. got to. Uh, Tom, what about you? Medium likelihood. Yeah, medium tier. Um, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna have to very quickly check what's where in the calendar for this one. I apologize because that (laughs) makes that makes it's more significant. So hang on. Max Verstappen will have sealed the title before, before we visit America. So basically by the end of Qatar round 18, I think that's quite easy. Do you know what? No, I'll go, I'll go earlier than that. He will have done it. Japan. Either in or before Japan. Yeah. Like that is the weekend where it maybe becomes official. Is Japan. Okay, you're hedging your bets there. It becomes official in Japan. In, 
I want either beco- in Japan or all before or before Japan. Which well, it becomes Discord- it becomes official in Japan is what I'm saying. So like maybe Discord is telling us Japan's the first race he can actually wrap it. Oh up. well, there so you go then. Saying he can do it as early as mathematically yeah. possible. There you go then. Mm. Done. I was wondering that the other day. I was trying to figure it out. I'm glad we've yeah. uh, I'm glad we figured that out because it's very difficult to work that one out because of all the sprint races and and the yeah it's a bit different this year pole lap, extra points and things not yeah. pole lap points fastest lap points and things so yeah pretty hectic one to figure out so whoever whatever mathematicians uh, came up with that one well welcome <laughs> to your fair play um, and then let's have some predictions that we think are less likely or a bit more outlandish predictions. Is that what I've you're got... saying? Or are you saying something that's Yeah, just some, something unlikely. outlandish. Something, something unlikely. outlandish. Yeah. Do we think there's still a, maybe an outside chance of? Um, I've got two in mind for this. You'll have to tell me if this one is outlandish enough. <laughs> oh, I will. Which is that Hamilton will beat Perez to second in the drivers. Ooh, I think that's that's pretty outlandish, yeah. It's outlandish considering the cars, for sure, Yeah, at the moment. Um, yeah, I would form, say right now that's very outlandish. Yeah, form is something else, but yeah. I mean, he has no right finishing ahead of him, does he, with the, with the car? So I'd say it's an outlandish but, one. I'd let you but have he's that. also only 40 points behind, yeah. which ain't much. That's the thing about Lewis Hamilton, though. He... he 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 finishes in positions that he's got absolutely no business finishing in. That's how he's won so many yeah. world championships. So it is true. It, yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting prediction, um, but also pretty unlikely. I think, <laughs> in my own opinion. Uh, what about you, Tom? I'll let you go for the next one if you've got Oof, one. Um, a wild one. Um, I'm gonna go for. Oh, let me see. I'm going to go for both Ferraris finishing the season ahead of Fernando Alonso in the standards in the standings. That's quite a so, good. One. So that's Leclerc yeah. and Sainz catching and passing Fernando Alonso in the standings. Yeah. I mean I, Fernando. I think the trend of where Aston Martin have been going probably leans a bit in my favor but it, there's still plenty of other teams between them and Fernando is very capable of picking up points, even in a bit of a dog of a car. So, and there's plenty of time for, for for Aston Martin to, you know, develop their way back into it as well. Yeah. I mean, as well, for perspective, I guess, Fernando's on 150 points and the other two haven't broken 100 yet. So they've still got quite a way to catch, the, I mean, catch him up. Yeah, we're, we're predicting <laughs> a pretty topsy-turvy season here. Um, towards I mean, it, is, it can be behind for Sappen. <laughs> Mm. Outlandish prediction. Um, this might not be that outlandish, but I'm going to go Valtteri Bottas pole position. Oof. You'd need some pretty like wild circumstances, but the same thing happened last year. Brazil last year, we had a sprint race pole for uh, Magnussen in the house, yeah. was it? Does was a sprint race, race the... pole count? Yeah, yeah, Are you yeah, talking yeah, yeah. any kind of pole position, not just yeah, yeah, yeah. A, an official yeah. one? Okay, just checking. Yeah. It's my prediction. I mean, that, he's a very. That's why I'm just checking it. That's why I'm just checking the <laughs> the specifics of what you're going for. <laughs> the the elf uh, the elf has not been terrible in qualifying recently, actually. Mm. And Bottas does qualify well, so yeah, <clears throat> I like that. 
Yeah. You it's would. Very unlikely, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, I would. Obviously, it's, it's going to need some uh, some divine intervention yeah. <laughs> for, the, for that to happen. Mm. But, um, I, I, you know, I'd like to see it. I'd love to see it. Weirder things have happened, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there we have it. That's um, all of our weird predictions <laughs> for, for mid-season. Revisit them at the end of the year. Do- these are going to be fun to revisit along with the ones that we did pre-season, I think. Which I have no memory of at this point. These, these should at least be a little bit more plausible. I'm hoping that we get more of these close or correct than the ones pre-season. Um, but. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we've got more knowledge about this season. As you would hope these so. Predictions, yeah. so. Exactly. And yeah, but then, I've okay. looked, some of the old ones were mental. <laughs> okay, well, we'll revisit, revisit those at the end of the year um, right let's move on to um, 2024 contracts of course it's mid-season so aka silly season um, silly season hasn't really quite kicked in yet other than Not maybe silly yet. yeah there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's one or two I think it could get silly quite quickly if um, certain things happen but let's just do a quick rundown of um, yeah. which teams are uh, are all set up for next year and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty of um next year for uh for the teams that aren't quite fully set up so um teams that are, have both drivers contracted already are red bull ferrari alpine <laughs> although you know does that mean anything at alpine well yeah um mclaren <laughs> um they're your te- they're four teams that that are already set up for next year contractors drivers contracted job done i mean we all um, know F1 contracts are watertight. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's the word I was searching for. <laughs> um, can we see any of those four realistically changing? Mm. Well, yeah, you could imagine maybe, you know, Gasly getting itchy feet. I think Gasly and Ocon have probably got itchy feet if something else was to come up, if they could find yeah. a way out of there and extricate themselves from the mess that is Alpine at the moment, mm. then they might sort of try to um but you know where do i mean that would be the icing on, on the cake for alpine it, it really would i um, mean the only the only one that despite what contracts say that i think is i guess maybe possible that the team's going to move someone is red bull because we know what that's like and we know yeah. that they're not technically contracted to one of the teams that contracted to red bull as a whole um, the lovely loophole that they employ to all their contracts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, technically you could see a move there and it not be a breach of either driver's contract, technically. So, like, whether, you know, whichever driver came up would also be classified as still being a Red Bull driver. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so we're talking about Red Bull. Do you see Perez still there? I think it probably depends on what performances Sonoda and Ricardo both put in between now and the end of the season. I think if Ricardo gets up to speed very quickly and is even remotely ahead of Sonoda by the end of the season, there's probably a good chance that they will switch for 2024. Um, It's obviously too soon to be able to tell that, but I just feel like that's kind of the Red Bull way. And by, you know, getting rid of DeFries and bringing Ricardo back, they've shown that they're still very capable of making decisions like <laughs> that and that they're very willing to yeah. just just move people if they're not happy with performance. So, I kind it, of, 
I feel like Perez, he's still got his destiny in his own hands. And yeah, agree. I think he's going to need a real downturn in form to um, to lose that seat personally. I mean, I think, if, 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 if one of my predictions comes true and Hamilton beats him to second, then yeah, he probably will yeah, lose his seat. But I think so. that's my least likely one for a reason. I think it really just depends on his qualifying more than anything. It's like we've already talked about in recent episodes that when you actually look at his race finishes, they're technically not that bad when you consider where he's been starting from. His problem is where he's been starting from. Um, so if he sorts that and gets on top of it, I don't think they'll feel the need to move him. But no. if that but, well, doesn't I improve... More to it. I think yeah. there's more to it than just than just race finishes, race starts, qualifiers, qualifying results. I think, you know, some of, he's had a few issues across the season where he's, you know, he's crashed cars, like he's yeah. taking corners off cars and things. And, you know, in an era where every penny counts, especially for Red Bull um, at the moment, then, you know, you can't have, you don't want drivers who are going to be taking corners off cars, you know, left, right. I'm not saying Paris is doing this left, right and centre, but like he has done it enough times. Yeah. Yeah. where a team has been hit financially, you don't want your drivers to be breaking the car. You want absolutely flawless performances every single time. It's essential that they perform you know, yeah. at their best and don't damage the cars. So I think that's another thing that's going to factor against him if he keeps having issues. Well, even if it is in practice, if he's, if he's breaking things, costing the team money, that's absolutely going to go against him. Yeah, it's, I mean, it still costs the same amount of money no matter what session he breaks it in, doesn't it? Exactly. Like, yeah, fair enough, there's no points on a Friday, but there's still tens of thousands of pounds and dollars of yeah. carbon fibre to be shattered. So, yeah. Uh, okay, Red Bull, um, we think Ferrari going to stay. Can't imagine Ferrari. I can't see much. them wanting to no. move. Look at the close the prodigy and science is doing more than enough to prove that he, yeah. he warrants a seat. So yeah, I'd be I surprised if anything changed. Unless yeah. like there was some crazy situation where Hamilton went over there, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Uh, no. McLaren, I don't, I don't see any changes either at McLaren. No, I think they're no. pretty well they're, set up for next they're year. They're both heavily contracted and they fought, fought so good. hard to get to where they are. Yeah. They're not giving that up anytime soon. Yeah. Okay, so Aston Martin. Now we're getting into the interesting things, the empty seats or potentially empty seats. Aston Martin, um, technically only Alonso with a contract, but... We all know what Alonso is like. Um, we all know what the performances of Stroll have been like this season. Are they going to have the same driver? Are they going to have either of the same drivers next year? Um, a lot. A lot. Think Alonso would only leave if he thought there was a faster car for him to go to. And looking down this list, well, there we is. haven't got to Mercedes <laughs> yet, but I can't see. I can't see Alonso moving. And Stroll. I don't know. I I think I think it's going to take a another Alonso caliber top tier driver being available for them to finally make the decision to move Stroll on and that's not where we are right now so I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same there next year. Yeah. It would be a bit of a shock if they did sort of give him the boot but <sighs> You know, Lance Stroll's, I mean, when you look at the points gap between those two, obviously they're, they're different leagues of driver, mm -hmm. but still, like, 
when when the car's that good, you expect the driver to get a lot more out of it. I think I think you know Red Bull have got the same problem with Perez. Um, you need and, and you know the whole time we've been talking about will Perez have that seat next year? What is it about other than Dad owning the team? What is it about Lance Stroll that that keeps him in that seat? Is it purely the fact that Dad owns the team, or a senior management and investors in the team going to start to sort of apply pressure? to the strolls to get a better driver well that, that's the point isn't it i think that is it the fact that if that were any other team if that was like ferrari mercedes red bull mclaren whatever i don't think he'd be there this season let alone next season um yeah well there's like, a there's an interesting angle on it in the inbox actually we might as well grab it now from blaze 2010 he says hello amigos will stroll get better he had more consistent performances with broken wrists, and now he's all <laughs> over the map. Um, hmm. And there was, there has been a period over the last two or three seasons where he has seemed to be improving. He, he did seem to be getting better, but I think he's plateaued pretty hard. And if anything, his driving this season has been. I mean, Alonso, Vettel, he did an all right job against. Alonso has just shown him up massively. Yeah, Vettel's and I just interesting can't see a world in which Lance Stroll improves, honestly. I don't think the Vettel now. comparison is is fair because Vettel was already he had a foot out the door, I think. He the did. Whole, that whole season. It, it wasn't really his heart, you could see his heart wasn't really in yeah. it. And he, he looked so happy to be retired when he did announce <laughs> yeah. his retirement. So I don't think that's really a a complete yardstick for yeah. for Stroll there. But um and it just I mean, it shows you, you know. The gap this year just shows you that, I think. I don't think Alonso is that much better than peak Sebastian Vettel, is he? Would you say? Who's better, peak Ooh. Sebastian Vettel or peak Fernando Alonso? Ooh. It depends on what era you're considering to be peak Fernando Alonso, I guess. We're just peak. The peak's the peak. Yeah, but which, which of his eras is his best performances? Like, Are you talking well, Renault World days? World Championship winning... Cause I'd argue he's driven better the last couple of years than he did in yeah. the World Championship. Years, I'd, I'd say current form, at least the last year or so, the last 12 months, has probably been better Better form. than Vettel ever was. No, it's not better than Vettel ever was, but definitely at Alonso's best. Um, it is, it's difficult to say because I think the thing is is that Alonso's driven at his best in a car that's not fully capable of... A race win and Vettel drove at his best in a car that was not dominant but a very comfortable win for him so I think it's it's a very difficult comparison where I would probably say based on that I would say Alonso's best is better because I would he's say done it in worse cars whereas yeah. Vettel in worse cars has not been terrible but definitely not perform to the level that we'd expect whereas Alonso has achieved that and if anything maybe outperformed what you'd expect I can I can hear people in the YouTube comments smashing <laughs> up their keyboards like just just hating I think like I think on kind of pure against the stopwatch pace Vettel probably has the edge but over like a championship fight Alonso just grinds out championships fights like was it tw- I think it was 2010 or 2011 like Alonso took the championship fight against Vettel to the last race in a Ferrari that was like not as the good third best car on the grid. Yeah, yeah that is arguably true. even fourth best. So 
there, there's your, probably your difference between them. Out and out pace, Vettel is probably the better driver. Like one lap or clean air pace, Vettel is probably going to win in those scenarios. Alonso has better racecraft, like finding his way through traffic, managing a race, making a situation work to his favour. Tactically, Alonso is better. So I think they're both extremely good, but they are better at different things. And like yeah. Chris says, Alonso's unfortunately plays out better in more scenarios than Vettel's. Because if you've not got the car to be clear at the front, Vettel's skill set doesn't win you a championship. It just means that you're there or thereabouts. Whereas Alonso can drag a car that's not capable towards being close and take it to a final race of a season. <laughs> As well, so. you're saying he gets more out of a car potentially There's, than what over the course of a season, like Chris was saying. Yeah, Sarah yeah. in the chat has just in one line kind of summed it up really nicely, which is Vettel lost championships in a better Ferrari. Yeah, which is absolutely true. I'd say that's about right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just imagine if <laughs> if Alonso was in that car instead of imagine the fireworks between him and Hamilton. We would have had we would we would have had seasons just like 2021 between those two, wouldn't we? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, right. So anyway, in conclusion, conclusion lap stroll isn't going to get any better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to Haas. Um, Hulk is widely believed to have a new contract, and Magnussen likely to get one too. The talk at the moment seems to be they're going to keep them both. It, it's kind of a sort of going from nowhere to nowhere, I think, for uh, for Haas. Like the- yeah, I feel like as much as I like Kerry Magnussen, I feel like there are drivers in F2 right now that would be able to do as good, if not a better job than he's done this season. But... I guess with Schumacher, Haas have kind of had their fingers burned with young drivers. Um, mm. And I can't, I just can't see them taking that risk again in the position they're in, really. Yeah, it does yeah. make sense for them to have experience over youth, doesn't it? At least yeah, at the I moment. So. And, and in terms of experienced drivers, there's not, I would say, a whole list of options, really, is there? Especially when you know what team you're getting into. Like, how many drivers are going to willingly move to Haas? Well, I mean, not, you'd say pretty much nobody on the grid is going to want to move to Haas, I would say. Maybe if you're a Bottas or something in the Alpha, but you're holding out for a factory seat in two years, so you you see it out, don't you? Like Even the, even the drivers in the, the cars that are equally as bad or worse probably wouldn't consider Haas a... A, like a trade up in terms of seat so I just can't see yeah. there being anyone that's going to offer any more than what those two can offer and also be willing to go to Haas in the current state that they're in so I think that they're not stuck with the drivers that they've got but it's the best options that they have right now hmm. um, okay I'm going to move on to Alfa Romeo next um, we've got Bottas with a contract Um holding out for that uh, Audi seat, as, as I mentioned. And then we've got the second seat potentially up for grabs for um, for Alfa Romeo, a.k.a. future Audi. Do you In see, between Sauber. Yeah, a nice sort of little, maybe little pack of money coming with Joe for next year just to tie them over till the Audi guys take I over? I mean, 
I think Joe's doing a good enough job this season. Anyway, to be honest, Joe's but Joe's having a pretty solid season. That's um, true. And like you say, the fact that the money comes, the fact that he opens up the Chinese market, which I'm sure, I mean, Audi already sell a lot of cars in China, but I'm sure they'd be happy to sell a lot more. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. only other thing with Sauber is they've got Teo Porcher waiting in the wings, who is a very capable driver. But yeah, I th- I, I think they're probably going to stick with their current yeah. I think currently they would stick. I agree with that. And I think Joe is in an unfortunate position where his performance is not the sole deciding factor for whether or not he stays. Yeah. Like there's there is gonna fortunate be fortunate or unfortunate. Of, yeah. <laughs> um it's it's gonna be what Audi want soon and if they want to bring in an Audi family driver, Tant. let's say, yeah, that they've yeah. brought through other series or something. I think out of the two of them Joe is unfortunately going to be the one that loses seat out of those two. Um, but I think I mean, for I the time being, he'll stay. Yeah, that, that's my, that's kind of where I'm thinking is like they're potentially going to want to put a German driver in the car with Bottas. And I think that's unfortunately where Joe maybe loses out. Um, but I, I think there's enough there for him to get like a year deal for next year, like to keep his contract sort of ticking over. And maybe then he does enough to be, well, actually, is it Bottas that's replaced for the German driver come the Audi takeover? Like, does he does he do enough in the next 18 months to to change those opinions? Um, does he do enough in the eight, next 18 months that maybe like a, a resurgent Williams, let's say, wants him in their car? I don't know. There's, there's, there's a whole host of options, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. I actually, I don't think Bottas will be an Audi driver. You don't? No. Do you think he's holding out for that but not going to get it? Is that your thought? That's exactly what I think, unfortunately. Um, I mean, there are rumours knocking around that Sainz has a pre-contract with Audi, Um, especially with Andreas Seidel going there. I I don't think um, Norris and Sainz reuniting there is out of the question. McLaren have got to do a lot over the next couple of years to convince Norris to stay because if you were, if you were to sign any driver on the F1 grid right now, like Norris is going to be very high on your list, especially if McLaren aren't giving him the car to do what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I don't know. I think... Okay, so I think Bottas is a good fit for an Audi seat. I would like to see Bottas in an Audi seat. I would really like to see a Bottas science combo in the Audi team. I think that would be great. I don't think the Audi team are going to be winning races anytime soon. Certainly not in 2026. Is it? They're supposed to be coming in. Yeah. Um, the advantage Bottas has is that he was once a Mercedes driver and he has all that experience in an true tippy top team, yeah. all that operational experience, all of that, you know, that know-how of how to win constructors championships. He's got all that in the bank and they I think for at least a season, Audi are going to want to tap some of that out of him to, yeah, to really upgrade the, what is now the Alfa Romeo team. And it's clearly, well, Sauber team, that they just don't have the equipment that 
they're in. A, I think I think they're in a similar. I would say they're in a similar situation to Williams in that they don't have the processes and the the setup there that maybe the top teams have, and they don't. Therefore, they don't have the knowledge other than in the former Mercedes drivers. So the Audi bods are going to get in there and be like, right, how did Mercedes do it? What do we need to upgrade? And Bottas mm. really, unless they poach loads of staff from Ferrari, Bottas is the only person who's going to have a decent amount of knowledge about that. So I think he's safe at least until for his first year. I think Joe, um, you know, it, it, I already said it. Like Joe does does bring a nice little packet of cash with him to to keep the team tidying over for the next couple of seasons. So and and he is performing quite well. So I don't see any reason why the driver lineup should change there at the moment. Um, I mean, talking about you know, we'll tr- let's try and keep it to twenty twenty four contracts and not <laughs> sort of twenty twenty six contracts. But I think. Maybe these will get. But Bottas has got obviously Bottas already got his contract. I think Joe might get a contract up to twenty twenty six, conditional on performance. And if he's performing really well, yeah. maybe they'll keep him for another year as well, just for a bit of overlap. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're a long way in the distance there, and we've got to get through twenty twenty four first. Shall we move on to Williams? Let's. So Albon has a contract for next year. Um, and Sergeant does not, but Sergeant does also bring cash. I believe. I think he's got. He brings cash. He brings America. Yeah, <laughs> um, America. Yeah, I mean Williams have got some exciting young drivers at the moment, um, like Zach O'Sullivan, Franco Colapinto, um, but they're all in F three currently. Um, yeah. So yeah, they've got nobody higher than that, have they, at the moment? No. Um, so all their young drivers are at least a couple of years away from F1. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there's a possibility that one of the other teams has a change and someone like a Bottas or a Stroll or a Gasly becomes available they might want to snap up, but is Sargent doing enough this year to keep his seat? I suppose it depends on what you're comparing to, doesn't it? I think when they've got no other young drivers in their own academy, the answer is going to be yes, because they've got you know nowhere else to go in that for at least a year or two. Mm. Are Williams as a team doing enough to poach somebody of Albon's current performance level? Probably not. I don't know. It'd be. I think it would be considered a bit of a steal if they did. Um so I think this is one of those where, I mean, they put up with Nicholas Latifi for so long. I'm, I feel like Logan Sargent will at least get a second second season at it. They were under different management then, though. True. There is that. Um, I think as the performances, it really depends for me on what happens in that. I don't think, I don't think he's going to renew, be renewed anytime soon. I think they'll wait. They're they're not doing this in season. They're going to wait until the end. Yeah, of the this season. will be one that yeah. goes to the end of the season. I'd agree with that. Yeah, they don't need to mess around with their driver. They they've got enough to clean up at Williams. They don't need to be messing around, updating drivers, changing. Yeah. Unless obviously, unless something happens, someone gets an injury or someone uh, can't drive for whatever reason, gets COVID or something. Then yeah, obviously you're going to have to start thinking about one of your reserve drivers. Maybe maybe they'll get Latifi back. But um, <laughs> I think. I think um, really, he. I mean, he does bring cash, and that you can't rule him out for next season for that reason. I think yeah. it's a team that's pretty cash strapped, 
historically, whatever you know, even even though they have got, I think Doralinton Capital still sort of yeah. funding them quite a lot. I think you, you would imagine like an investment firm like that, they're not going to just infinitely give them money. Like they're going to want to start to see improvement, which which the improvement is coming. Um, but as that improvement comes, you're then going to start to need, depending on how much improvement comes this season, you are going to want a driver lineup that reflects that. So it's that balance, isn't it? Like, is it, yeah. it's that old thing of, is it really worth having the the cheap driver who brings a load of cash, who isn't necessarily great? Or do you get a better driver in there or get you the results and mm. get you more money that way from finishing higher in the standings? And I think, Williams are one of those teams that are right on that balance, aren't they? They're right on that knife edge of a, a, a driver potentially bringing them loads and loads of cash and making a difference that way. But if they got the better driver, maybe they'd just finish higher and get loads of cash anyway. Yeah. And I guess they're, they're, not, they're, they're not so desperate for cash these days that that is a clear-cut decision, is it? Like, yeah. yeah. There was a period of time when they just had to take the driver that bought the most with them, but it's not as much of an issue for that team anymore. Yeah. The thing I was going to add was the problem for them at the moment is probably attracting that better driver. Like, they're a team that's maybe not going to be attractive to someone that can give them them performances right now. Maybe by the end of the season, if things keep on the trajectory, that's changed and, you know, those winter contract talks do involve more significant drivers. But I think that until this trajectory kind of continues and gets to a certain point, they'll not attract the drivers that can give them the, those kind of performances until maybe this time next season. And then that's when your silly season of who does replace, who's going to replace yeah. Sargent comes around okay so here's a here's a fun thought experiment for you <laughs> does a world exist a dimension exist where lewis hamilton doesn't sign a contract for mercedes and decides to go back to basics and and uh, you know start start new game plus <laughs> and go back to the beginning with williams and see if he can build a build himself another world championship from the ground up no over the course of his remaining years in formula one yeah. Short answer. <laughs> no. I would have given it. <laughs> It'd be Twice. kind of fun though, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. Oh, I'm not I'm not denying it. It'd be a brilliant thing to witness. However, the likelihood. I don't think there is an alternate universe out there where that is happening. <laughs> Unless it's like my F one twenty two manager save, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're into Mercedes then. Russell has a Russell does have a contract. Um Hamilton obviously still hasn't agreed a new one. What's going on at Mercedes? Well, Russell's contracted, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. until the Russell end of next season. Russell does have a contract to the end of next season. And it- yeah, I mean... I I feel like we get this a lot with Hamilton in recent years. Like, there's always all this, like, oh, he hasn't signed a contract yet, and, like, it just takes a while, and then they do anyway. Yeah. Like, there's been reports in the last few days that he's been personally approached by um john elkin the ferrari ceo about driving for this. like up to like 50 million dollar contracts i think i've seen banded around like and the, the the phrase i saw in the new story about this i read was that uh lewis hamilton politely turned him down <laughs> um yeah i i can't see hamilton i can't see him driving for anyone else 
between now and when he chooses to retire. There was a, I think there was a time when a switch to Ferrari may have interested him. I think that time's probably passed now. I don't think I don't think that's ever well. May, there might have been. I'm sure that I'm sure conversations have happened in the past. He's had a long career. Like of course, yeah. like they would have been knocking at the door at some point. Um, <laughs> Hamilton to Ferrari. I mean, it's hearsay, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is not, uh, I think, this is not happening. Yeah, I think the current instance of it, yes, is like it's just it's paddock whispers, isn't it? It's just people trying to unsettle things, but it's or just it's people clickbait. trying to click, yeah, get clicks. But I would say obviously the prestige of Ferrari and, and all that kind of stuff. I think that when you're a driver in the position of the likes of Vettel, Alonso, Hamilton, even Verstappen, there's probably always going to be something that is, can I go there and be the one that brings a title back to them? Like, the 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 thing is, I think that the next driver that goes and, like, does that will probably be held in as higher esteem in Ferrari folklore as like Schumacher for the running titles. Do you know what I mean? Like Like, the next driver that does it, I mean, we're talking 2007 Kimi Raikkonen, right? Like it's been so long that the next driver that, I mean, it's, it's unlikely that they're going to get one within 20 years of Raikkonen's. Let's put it that way. Like they're going to have to be on it with what comes in 2026. If they want a title within this 20 year window, and yeah. if a driver does achieve that, it will be up there in like the Ferrari tales of old for for like decades to come. And I think Tom. the lore of the lore of that, if Ferrari were like Lewis, this do you know like the whole Mercedes thing of this is the car we've got, we can give you titles for the the first two or three seasons of this formula. This is what we've got to to go yeah. to track with. If that situation did fall right, I don't think he'd be able to resist. I'm not saying it Tom, will. I'm sold. I, I think that's <laughs> that's the scenario that that does it for him. You need to go and work for Ferrari, man. Because if you <laughs> you go you sit you down in a in an office with Lewis Hamilton and say all that to him, and he's changing teams, dude. <laughs> I mean, give, give me five minutes. I'll go switch caps. I've got the wrong cap on for the yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's literally like new game plus, and then maximum <laughs> difficulty, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um i mean you, i think you'd be right now i think you'd be out of your mind to go to ferrari i think they're just not doing anything just, to demonstrate that the capability of it yeah, yeah. yeah. no yeah not but so. you know if you like a challenge it'll be a challenge <laughs> so. like you look at when hamilton first went to mercedes and everyone said he was mad but like they sat him down and was like this is where we're at. This is what we're working on. This is how we're going to do it. And that's mm. how I convinced him to go. And I just, yeah. I don't see Ferrari doing that though. I don't, no, see, not I don't right think now. Ferrari are organized enough as a, as a, as a setup to even process that. You know and what Ferrari like a, don't have in that regard is they don't have what Mercedes had in the, the whole louder thing going on. Like yeah. Nicky was a huge part of, sitting Lewis down and showing him what this plan was, how mm. it was going to become what it is or what yeah. it has been at least. And the sort of Godfather think, effect. Yeah. And having a, having a driver of that caliber that you know is also capable of understanding and developing a car 
sit you down and essentially show you what is coming. I think there's an element of faith that someone in Lewis's position at the time could put in that and be like, you know what, this is like, there's a reason Michael came back briefly to help them. There's a reason that I'm the one being approached here by Nicky Lauder. Like there's just so many things that feel right in that scenario. I can't think of anyone that Ferrari have got in place currently that you could say the same about, unless you put me in charge as Stu said earlier. (laughs) Sadly, the only name that comes to mind with Ferrari history that could maybe do that role is Michael Schumacher. Yeah. I can't think of anyone else who would have been able to do that. And sadly, obviously we're not in a world where that's possible. Emerson Fittipaldi's of the world as well. Like that's a there are I, yeah. I mean, but Kimi Räikkönen, he be, he, he's a good talker, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't think um, I don't think you get Kimi Räikkönen out of bed to come into the office <laughs> to do the convincing. To be honest, but anyway, um, yeah. So Hamilton, we don't know. We, we expect him to be a mistake. Yeah, I think he will. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Final one. Alpha Tauri, um, as usual for them, both drivers only on one season contract currently, or if you're Daniel Ricciardo, half a season contract. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, what happens there? There's potential for a seat to become free if um, if if Red Bull do something about Perez. They've got a lot of junior talent at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Liam Lawson's top of the list. He's he he had a great time in F three and F two, and he's phenomenal in super formula this year and then yeah they've got like dennis hauger jack crawford yumra wasser he's actually looking really good these days um they're kind of sport for choice with junior drivers As i per. think Snowden's doing a good enough job this year to keep his seat i agree yep so i think it really depends on what comes of daniel ricardo doesn't it whether another seat becomes available that year yeah it feels yeah. like they've thrown a lot of eggs in the daniel ricardo basket doesn't it yes it really does. I, well, I think I think this comes from what Chris is saying there, though, is it wasn't working with the freeze. Throw what we've got left for this season at Ricardo. If it works and he becomes like a, a perfect teammate for Verstappen for next season off the back of this half season, then they look like geniuses because it worked. If it doesn't, he's on a half-year contract they go well. We tried, and they've got young. They've got a ton of young drivers to like be spoiled for choice over. So I don't think they can lose in reality because it can't really be worse than DeFries, unfortunately, was doing. And if it goes exceptionally well, like I say, they've they've got something for the future. And if it's middle of the road, they can easily bring in someone like Liam Lawson or or any of the other drivers like Chris has mentioned. So. As much as it is all legs, one basket, I like I, say, I can't I can't see there being a, a lose scenario in all honesty. No, that's true. Yeah, if you you're saying if he does if he does doesn't do great for the remainder of the season, Daniel Ricardo, that they can quite easily just put someone else in that seat. And yeah. I guess you're right, aren't you? What I can maybe see happening is Perez keeps his drive for next year. Ricardo and Sonoda stay at Alpha Towery and it's like next year for AlphaTauri is basically like whichever one of the two of you is better this year gets Perez's seat for 2025. Yeah. yeah. That would be a pretty spicy uh, subplot for next season. Yeah. That'd yeah. Keep, keep, you, keep you tuned in, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. There you go. I think that's enough. I think that's 
I think that's that's kind of we've kind of covered everyone there. We've it's kind, kind of where we're at. Yeah, a few decent, yeah. few in, few interesting angles. It is um, weirdly quiet for this time of year from this point of view, isn't it? It is. You just know that, like, we're recording this now, and tomorrow morning there's going to be some crazy announcement: Hamilton to Ferrari, or yeah. Hamilton to McLaren, or <laughs> Hamilton to somewhere you'd just never expect them to go. Hamilton to Aston, and Stroll's been booted out. Who knows? But um, yeah, right now, as things stand on the 14th of August, 2023, <laughs> then that's where things are at. So yeah, tomorrow when this is completely out of date, we'll have egg on our faces. Shall we move on to some inbox? Yeah, it might, been wor- it might have been worth mentioning the time, to be fair, because knowing our look, like by 8pm, they'll have probably announced something that just <laughs> yeah, makes all this redundant. Yeah, it is, it is 19.38 on the 14th of the 8th, 2023. <laughs> Let's do it. That is what next season looks like to us. Keep me saying now. Stay, stay up. Hey man, I'll take the first one. Um, Benson says, "Hey man, as we are now about a year from the beginning of the demise of Alpine, a year on from the beginning of the demise of Alpine, <laughs> do you think it would have made any sense if Alonso had stayed and they had signed Piastri? I think." Their season would have gone a little bit... I genuinely think their season would have gone differently. I think the car development would have been different. And I think Fernando Alonso wouldn't have been... You know, the, the start of the season, the first race of the season there, or the second race of the season there, drivers are crashing into each other. So yeah. I don't believe Alonso would have made that same mistake. And I don't think Piastri would have been near enough to him to make that mistake so, at that stage of I the season. I also think they are lucky they don't have a driver as vocal as Alonso with everything that's going on as that team because mm-hmm. Gasly and Ocon have both stayed pretty diplomatic but you could argue that they need a driver as Fernando well Alonso potentially to, to be yeah. the spine of the team and keep keep yeah. the glue, you know the glue that keeps it together spine is a thing that team seems to have in quite short supply at the moment isn't it yeah mm. Tom yeah I think there'd definitely be more chance of them at least being able to somewhat develop out of the problems that they're in with someone like Alonso in the team. Like, I feel like he could have at least guided things in the right direction with feedback and testing in FP sessions and stuff like that, but not enough to drastically change. Like, I feel like there's too much in turmoil higher up that even a driver with a lot of experience and talent can't, essentially achieve much better than what the other two are already doing. Alonso and Piastri would have arguably been one of the best drive lineups on the grid as well. Yeah, it would have been it would have been very interesting to see. Very interesting. Yeah, the way they let both of them slip through their fingers is hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious or super depressing, depending on sort of how you look at it. I think like I I quite like I quite liked um well I do quite like Otmar Safnauer, I think I, yeah. I was a bit. I was actually a bit gutted when he went to that team. If I'm honest, I would have preferred him to stay at Aston Martin. I think a lot yeah. of the success you're seeing now at Aston Martin is, comes from the groundwork that he put in in the first place. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a shame that he uh, he's well, he's ended up where he is, just without a team. Hopefully, he finds himself another team to at least. I don't think it'll take long. Tie into in some capacity. Um, shall we do the next question? Yeah. Uh, Darth Kilowog says Of the multiple rumoured entrants for the proverbial 11th spot on, in the paddock, uh, which would you be most excited for and who is your driver lineup going to be? Ooh. So there's, so. there's no official list. We think there's been five entries. Um, obviously, mm. Andretti Cadillac, we all know about. 
High Tech is a name you'll know from F2 and F3 and F4, actually. And they've got like Kazakh businessman money. Mm-hmm. Um, Road in Carlin, which is another theater series name. Um, yeah. Interestingly read today, they've said if they got the entry, they would design and build all their cars in New Zealand. And also, um, I forgot the guy's name who runs that team has uh, funded Jamie Chadwick for a lot of her career. And he said, if we get a spot, we'll probably put her in one of our cars. I, I don't know quite, how in- quite cool. involved he is, but it was Trevor Carlin's team, wasn't it? I don't know how involved he is since he became Rodin Carlin because it's... Yeah, this was definitely another that, name it? I read, but I can't remember what name it yeah. was. Uh, we've talked about Formula Equal before, which is the team that wants to have a 50-50 male and female split in the team. And then there's one I've not heard about until I read today called LKY Sons, Sons with a Z. <laughs> They were co-founded by a guy called Benjamin Duran, who you may remember in 2019, there was a team called Panthera Team Asia that tried to enter and didn't get a spot. Um, And they say their vision is fusing youth culture and racing to create a team that will disrupt F1. Um, Blah, 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 blah. To support their plans, we've already brought on board an impressive team of motorsport executives, music and entertainment industry experts, and creatives who will help bring this vision to life which all just sounds awful, to be honest. Oh, it sounds very it's exciting. It absolute sounds, nonsense. It sounds, it sounds, sounds like an awful storyline in the career mode of the game. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. <laughs> or that TikTok um, have started an F1 team. I mean, Andretti's obviously the team that most people want from that list to get the spot, isn't it? Like, Yeah. I'd like to see it. I'd, I, you know, there's a reason why there, there are a few teams against Andretti appearing in formula one and that's because they're a bit scared of them i think i think you know they know the potential of that team they know they've got the resource to to be a true disruptor in formula one on the track which is where it counts mm. so um yeah i'd like I, I i don't know what all the fuss is i'd like to see cadillac and they've already and, and got Anderson. a renault engine deal lined up as well so like everything's there yeah. and Oven I mean, driver line team ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and then in terms of drivers, I mean, take your pick from IndyCar. Really, like I'd love to see them come in and bring a couple of like Alex Pillow is just a shoe in. I think he'd be phenomenal yeah. in Formula One, and he's, he's so recently detached from McLaren as well. Yeah, that, that whole obviously... thing's kind of blown up a little bit again recently, but he is basically not there. Um, yeah, I mean the fact that Andretti have just won a single-seater world championship in Formula E isn't going to hurt their chances. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who else would you want to drive that car? Um, I don't think Colton Hurt is going to happen now. He's not got enough super license points by quite a long stretch now. Um, maybe JB Chadwick. Maybe, you know, maybe they could, like, do something crazy with their brand. And, you know, again, like, if we're talking about disrupting F1, not, that, <laughs> this, not yeah. that this team have said that that's their aim, but of course, any team who comes into Formula One is their aim is to disrupt Formula One on the racetrack. So do some, be different, you know, like a female driver in Formula One would be sick. I think any, any Formula One team would bite your hand off for a really, really good, really fast Oh, yeah. female competitor who can who can mix it with you know the top dogs so yeah why not yeah um yeah andressi the most interesting team on, the, on that list for me uh, shall we go to the next question yeah next question from eugene risto uh 
can you clarify something if possible? Apologies if it sounds silly. It's fine. No silly questions around here. Mm-hmm. Um, are the tire Funny stripe silly colors, answers, though. Yeah. Um, are the tire stripe colours which show what compound a team is using done to make it known to the public? Because at Spa, when the softs were going on and it was still drizzling, wouldn't it be more entertaining to have no colour striping so in such occasions other teams aren't relying on knowing what others have switched to oh, in order to make up their own mind? No, don't no. <laughs> keep this keep, keep Eugene away from. <laughs> okay, so the we we for you you obviously weren't watching Formula One when we were begging Bridgestone to have a differentiator so we could, so we as an audience could tell which tire the drivers were on. Um, yeah, the cl- the closest we ever got time, was the little green line in the tread, wasn't there? Well, that was, that was the first. That was the first time they did it, and that was in like yeah. the two thousand. I want to say two thousand and seven, seven or eight season. It was definitely there for nine, but maybe a year or two before that as well. Yeah, yeah. And then they moved to having the green strip around the outside edge of the of the tire because yeah. they moved from groove. Tires oh, yeah, that was to, in two thousand nine. Was when they did that. Yeah, they they moved. That was when they went from groove tires to um, non groove tire to slip full slick tires. And yeah, before it was the inside the groove, you had the white stripes on the softer yeah. tire. Um, but before that, you had nothing. And as an audience member, you just there was no visual di- differentiator between the soft tire and the hard tire on a given weekend. Um, but in those days, there was only, I'm sure there were many compounds that they would bring over. There's only two, but, I think. But would, was there literally just two compounds for an the entire prime and the option? That? Yeah, that's all they had. And I think that the. the the hardness of them change race by race like they do now, but yeah, yeah that's that was I mean. always prime and option, nothing else. That, that was that was the first era of the mandated use of both compounds, I think, wasn't it as well? I believe it was, yeah. Where the first I mean, it makes it does that. make sense. It may, the reason it exists is because it makes sense from an audience perspective to be able to tell what driver is on what tire, so you can see it just adds to the narrative. I think having people guessing which having the audience guessing which compound drivers are on and not having a differentiator makes it takes away the narrative away. It makes it less mm. fun to, to watch yeah. because you're not able to, to decipher what quite what's going on. You know, quite the reason why this driver is so much faster than the other driver in a, a particular point in a stint. So like, yeah, let's, let's keep the colors on the tires. Yeah, I, I think I as well, Eugene's, with- Go on, Tom. Go on. I was going to say that I think we've got the happy medium at the minute as well because it's not that long since we had, what was it, seven different colours of tyre? Because the way that it worked is there's all these different compounds because of the different characteristics of tracks, but instead of it just being red, yellow, white for soft, medium and hard, it was ultra hyper soft, was oh it like a God, pinky yeah. purple Yeah, it's ultra soft, soft all the way up, soft. All the way up <laughs> to the to the blue and white like really hard tires and they'd bring like different color sets to each track whereas now at least the colors stay consistent for the for the viewing audience and yeah for those of us that want to be in detail about it you know if it's like the c1 or the c5 or where it is on the scale it's known but the colors at least remain consistent and that was like too far the other way Yeah. And so the other thing here is you mentioned, you know, teams making up their own mind, like they're already making it. They're not, they're not looking yeah. at what other cars are using and, and copying off them. They've, their car works, each car works with the tire in its own unique way. And it's, it's better for, you know, it, 
the team the teams don't really care what what tires the other teams. I don't are, know. Unless, I think there, there is an element of reacting to other teams. They're not you don't want to copy, copy them, but you're gonna maybe to to go a bit Ferrari. You're maybe gonna adjust between Plan A and B and C depending <laughs> on what your rival has done. Like it, I can it, see what you're you know, getting at when it, here. But... When it when it when it when it um when it makes a difference is during safety cars. Like in 2021, when the yeah end of the season happened. I mean, it's kind of obvious still anyway. If, if the car behind comes and then pits, they're obviously going to put the softest compound available onto them anyway. Mm. So you're kind of in a vulnerable situation there anyway. But still, like, yes, I guess the team's not being able to have a visual reference as to what tyre the other team is on could add something maybe to the dynamic or, or take something away from the dynamic. The problem is... Make it difficult. I don't know. The problem is that only becomes interesting if you as a viewer... No, but as soon as you as a viewer know, then all the teams end up knowing anyway, so you're back to square yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I can, I can again, I can hear, like, some furious <laughs> YouTube comment typing over this, so I think we should move <laughs> on really quick. People love tires. One final thought on about? that. <laughs> as much as I know that the current tyre colour system is objectively much better, part of me still kind of misses the old Pirelli rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> well the whole thing like the whole reason they did that is just to show that Pirelli can make lots and lots of different yeah, tires it's just it's purely a marketing exercise and it, and it unfortunately it convoluted what should have always yeah, been massively quite a simple mm-hmm. thing for everyone to understand so I mean I, I think you go even better than that you know for the tires are out for tender now and I think you could simplify it further by going back to just two compounds a tire for the entire season <laughs> and it's you know it'd save whatever tire manufacturer it is a whole lot of money if you just got two sets and you design your formula one car to those two sets of formula one tire everyone's in the same boat i don't know why you need all these different compounds of tire and how often do you see all three compounds used in a grand prix 90 well, percent of the you, time you do see, you do often see all three compounds used but I, I think guess. across yeah, I guess the season the the you don't need six compounds of tire i guess you could you could make the tires a little bit harder and have them just last on most tracks, you know? And then yeah. that way you'd, you'd have certain track, you'd have more of a differentiator when you do get to a track that mm. is harder on the tyres. And, you know, I, that... Go on. If anything, I think we need softer tyres because everyone just one-stops everywhere now, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> well, maybe maybe soft top, so, so, maybe softer tyres, but even so, that just means that people are just use more of that compound of tyre over the course of a race. They might yeah, and then you're back cars to... Might have to you'd, you'd, have, you'd have races. You'd, you'd be back in a world where you have races that sometimes you'll have, have free stops and other times you'll have one stop. Whereas right now you only ever have one stop races because they bring tires that produce one stop races. Yeah. And for me, some of the best races and some of the best seasons have been seasons where there have been there has been more than one pit stop. And I don't mm-hmm. know we've we've sort of quietly moved back into this world where we're having one stop races again. And I yeah. think it's a bit, le- it, it, it takes away from the show that pit stops are one of the most exciting parts of Formula One. You know, seeing them change those tyres as quick as they do. I'm very, and the jeopardy of it all, I'm very happy for there to be more of that. And for some reason, they seem to have, you know, for all their talk about the show, they've kind of taken that away from us. And I don't quite know why. Yeah. Well, at, at the behest of the teams is why. But anyway, yeah, um, exactly. next yeah. question. 
Danny Page says, when are we going to get some silly season or are we finally in the season where most teams stand pat? I've honestly got a feeling we might end up with exactly the same driver lineup next year, looking at that list. As well. I mean, we've, we've just done a whole thing about silly season, so yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need it, to go into too much detail. It's going to be one of those years where it's either going to stay exactly the same or there'll be one unexpected change that just causes like a cascade of mad changes. Yeah. But I've got a feeling it's going to be the former. Cool. Yeah. And the last one, last question. Yeah, last one's from Michelle saying, uh, do you see Oscar becoming a better driver than Lando in coming seasons? Ooh, uh, I don't see why not. If he keeps improving at the rate he's improving. The potential's yeah. there, isn't it? His junior formula I'd say speaks he's one for of, that. One of the few current younger drivers that has the potential to, for sure. But also Lando Norris is still improving, remember? So yeah. I think yeah. you could Not see... Like standing uh, still. It'd be what would interest me would be a sort of a four-way fight between McLaren and Red Bull next season for a world championship. I would love to see that. You know, Danny Ricardo against Max Verstappen against Oscar Piastri against Daniel uh, Lando Norris. That would be an epic Formula One season. So you're moving Perez then? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's gone. Um, and on that note. We will finish. So um, thank if you've got this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, do remember to hit the subscribe button. And if you really like what you're seeing, visit patreon.com and um, bung us a like on there. So yeah, that's it for this week. We will be back next week with our preview of the Dutch Grand Prix. Wow, um, it's that time already. It's that time already. You can find us on all the socials, X, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, we're there. Um, just Google back of the grid and... Um, yeah, there's the prediction league and everything. If you want to get in touch, just leave us a comment or send us e- send us an email. And yeah, that's it for this week. So we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye, Bye everyone. everyone.